0: Hey guys, it's Edge Martinez. They call me the voice of New York. And 50 years ago, hip hop started right here in New York City. And we're celebrating the five boroughs all year long. Check out nyctourism.com forward slash hip hop for cultural stories, events, interviews, and more. nyctourism.com forward slash hip hop. What's up, everyone? Uh, I just wanted to throw another one of these short podcast episodes into your earbuds if you'd like to enjoy. So thank you so much for uh, checking out Go Along, downloading the podcast. And uh, we did this live from Hamburg Brewing Company. Make sure you get on in there. If you haven't this winter, they had a new IPA puck dropper. It's incredible, 7.2 percenter. Um, hits it just right this time of year. And I think a lot of people in Western New York are transitioning to uh hockey mode. So love the name, love the beer. It's got the perfect amount of bite. So check it out. Obviously they've got the uh, the staples still, Louie IPA, Frosty the IPA, OMS for a stout, and the Grounded series never disappoints. If you want a little bourbon, a little coffee infusion into your beer, make sure you grab some Groundeds as well. So Hamburg Brewing Company in Hamburg, New York, right off Route 219. Come on in, we're gonna do some more shows there. We're gonna do a live event there. Hopefully this spring. So if you subscribe to go long, it's a good chance to meet in person, hang out. We did it to start the football season and it was a hell of a lot of fun. So hope to see everybody there. We'll have the details on that as we get into the off season. i um, in the meantime, here is another episode, the go long pod. Thanks everyone. What's up, everyone? This is the Go Long Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully you're able to check out this week's main episode with Jim Monis. We talked all about how you rebuild, tank, whatever you want to call it. If you're toiling in rock bottom and you're trying to win, or even if you're middling around 500 and you're trying to win, like Jim was at one point, as the director of personnel with the Bills. What do you do in that situation? That was kind of the topic for the podcast this week. In light of the allegations made by Brian Flores saying that Stephen Ross, the owner of Miami Dolphins offered him a hundred thousand dollars to lose per game. Not bad money if you can get it. Um, that's what he says, you know, I don't know. We haven't heard much from Ross. We haven't heard much Roger Goodell in the NFL, that he's going to have a press conference at Super Bowl week. You know, he's very good at litigating, very good at um, putting together a word salad of sorts. So I highly, highly doubt that we're going to get much substance out of that press conference. But, hey, make no mistake, this is a public trust issue for the league. I think that fans get it, for the most part. Fans know that if they're rooting on a bad team, Losing is kind of part of the deal to get good again, and some fans will actually cheer it on at some point. But there's a difference between doing what the Detroit Lions did this past season, where you basically put a roster together that isn't that talented, but you fight like hell. It's entertaining. They lost, what, six games by a touchdown or less, 3-13-1. They get the second overall pick, but – there's this weird feeling that they actually are building something with Dan Campbell that could last. There's a big difference between that, in my opinion, and blatant bribery that Stephen Ross allegedly attempted here. And um, Hugh Jackson's kind of all over the place. It's, to be honest, it's hard to take Hugh Jackson serious sometimes. He throws a lot out there and he did as head coach. I get it. The hand he was dealt wasn't ideal with Cleveland, but it's a little more complicated there. Either way, it's not a good look for the NFL. And it's something that they're going to want to get to the bottom of. You know, I think this warrants an investigation. It warrants more than just a little slap on the wrist. We'll see what happens there. There is a Super Bowl next week. And I can't wait to get into this matchup with Jim. And we'll have stories that go along as well. But I really want to hear from you. I mean, what what do you think about this? I, you know, honestly, you I can mean, go back and look uh, when the Matthew Stafford trade went down. I wasn't that thrilled about it from an LA Rams perspective. It seemed like this was a quarterback. You knew what he was, right? So I think seventy-four, ninety, and one was his record as the Detroit Lions starter. Injuries, turnovers at the worst possible time in clutch, clutch moments when it got down to to nut cutting time, as my colleague Bob McGinn would call it. What did you see out of Matt Stafford? Well, you saw a pick six. You saw a big mistake. It got into December football and the Packers would just find a way to win the division. The Lions had a one or two or three game lead in December. I got to say, it's been an interesting season year one in LA. I think Sean McVay I don't know how you argue. I mean, it's been justified. The trade that they made, it was super Bowl or bust. They had to get to this game, giving up what they gave up. for Matthew Stafford. He believed that with that strong arm in his offense, with his multiple passing concepts, Cooper Cup with Robert Woods, who since has been injured, they bring in Odell Beckham Jr., got Van Jefferson, Tyler Higbee. They really thought that he'd open up the playbook in a way that Jared Goff did not allow you to, and uh, I think it's you could make the case for both. I I think he's right. You know they're in the Super Bowl, obviously. He also led the league in interceptions. He also had a ton of pick sixes. I think there's still that fear that that element to Matthew Stafford's game could rear its ugly head at some point. So it's the Super Bowl. He can't make that mistake. And he's, he did enough. I mean, he did enough against Tampa Bay, more than enough, and hit the big throw late, set up the game-winning kick. And then San Francisco, you know, a team that's had LA's number for a while, got the win. So kind of going back and forth, but I, I really do think it's it's been justified, right? I mean, all these teams made their quarterback move last offseason. Kyle Shanahan trading those picks to get Trey Lance resistant to even play him in year one they try they're trying to stick to whatever plan they have in place no part with jimmy garoppolo the trey lance era begins next year we'll see green bay they're dragged through the muck publicly by aaron Rodgers. attempts to humiliate them at pretty much every turn via anonymous source via surrogates and um shows up the 11th hour after the Packers beg and plead and beg a little bit more for him to come back. He does come back. He is probably gonna win MVP, but same story. It's what we've seen for a decade now. It gets into that January football mode and um, Aaron Rodgers can't get it done. You know, a few years back when they lost to San Francisco in the NFC Championship game, Aaron Rodgers said, we gotta get one of these games at Lambeau Field. Well, he got that game and it was a very apathetic performance something was just off. I thought Bob put it really well. If you missed it, check out that recap podcast with Bob McGinn at GoLongTD.com, where he really meticulously broke down Aaron Rodgers' performance where, you know, Matt LaFleur is going out of his way to defend the quarterback and said he was under duress. Well, yeah, he was sacked five times, but as Bob pointed out each one of those sacks, he had a good three and a half seconds to make a decision. And he was, Resistant to throw the ball downfield, very concerned. At least his play suggests that he's concerned about passer rating, concerned about throwing interceptions. Well, look, sometimes you got to grip it and rip it, you got to make that throw. And that's probably why Matthew Stafford's in the Super Bowl and Aaron Rodgers is not really. I mean, Matthew Stafford is going to throw picks. You know, I think there's that fear that that could make that big mistake that costs you. He did against Green Bay at Lambeau Field this year, Russell Douglas picks kick six that night. But he's at least going to take those chances. And that's not what you see out of Aaron Rodgers' this time of year. And it's been that way for a decade. And yet, here's Green Bay, publicly anyways, saying everything that they can to convince him to come back. We'll see what happens. We're going to cover it into March, April, as long as it goes this offseason. I think that Denver still is A leader in the clubhouse. I think that his relationship with Nathaniel Hackett is unbelievably strong, stronger than any that he had in Green Bay from from what I was told. And and if it was up to those two, I think they'd find a way to get together, take on Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert in the AFC West. Did anything change this year in the relationship with Brian Gudikins? I mean, publicly we're led to believe it has. Um, A lot of nice things said by the quarterback. I think with him though it's it's much better to track his actions rather than his words so keep an eye on that and then the Cincinnati Bengals I mean to bring it back to the Super Bowl what a story I mean I really think this is one of the best just team-centered stories we've had in. In the NFL, and in quite some time. I mean, this is a team that's historically been downtrodden. Obviously, haven't been in the Super Bowl since 1988. They've been in the basement in the AFC Central, turned AFC North. Andy Dalton gave him a couple division titles there, a little bit of fun. But they operate on a very frugal basis. They do not spend, they have three scouts. Where other teams are, you know, kind of one up in each other with the biggest coaching staff or the biggest scouting staff, and going to every possible game and every possible event, whether it's the Shrine Game, the Combine, the Senior Bowl, traveling around the country, going to these different campuses, scouting like great. the Bengals are as old school as it gets, and it's probably not good to be cheap when it comes to the accumulation of talent in a very high pressure business. Part of me does like the old school nature of Mike Brown and the fact that as he said in Michael McCambridge's book, America's Game, absolutely everybody out there, find it, buy it, read it. It's going to give you a foundation that I just think we all kind of need when we watch pro football. There's just such a great nugget in there. I can't remember what year it was. It might have been the 90s, early 2000s, around that time frame when when the owners are... um, Thinking about business, thinking about money, thinking about marketing, and, and, and the importance of business when it comes to football. And you just get the sense of Mike Brown that he just wishes that it was like it was for his dad, Paul Brown, back in the 50s and 60s. And there's something kind of cool about that antiquated approach that I don't know. I I kind of appreciate. I, I like the old school, and it's just great to see a small market team like the Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl. And they got there by finding Joe Burrow. I know they got him because they were really bad, but they could have tanked the next year too. And guess what? They fought like hell against the Pittsburgh Steelers when they were 11 and two. They, Burrow was out with this torn ACL; they had nothing to play for. Bombell's Bell's lightning up Juju Smith-Schuster. The next week, they beat Deshaun Watson and the Texans in a shootout. I think that 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 fight to that team was, was shown then, and it's been shown all season. It does start with Joe Burrow though. It really does go back. That San Francisco game that they lost, they have no business even being in that game. He willed them to overtime. There's just so many different moments where he so clearly just threw the team on his back and they find a way. I think the rapport with Jamar Chase is huge. Um, In that same San Francisco game, there's a throw in the back of the end zone where Jamar Chase as Dan pitched the quarterback coach kind of broke it down in our story. I mean, so Chase is running the opposite direction, and Joe Burrow throws it toward the corner of the end zone. So he knows that he's going to reverse course in the end zone. It's a, just a phenomenal relationship that those two have. That's special, and, and Joe Burrow himself is special. I mean, this is the son of a football coach. That stuff matters. I mean, his dad is a defensive coordinator at Ohio University, he's five years old, six years old, watching film. He's growing up with this stuff, he's reading defenses. He gets into high school as a sophomore. They're able to give him full field concepts, not just one read, half field stuff that all high school quarterbacks are getting at that point. He's in his second year, but I really think he, he's reading the field as a 10 year veteran. He, he's seen things out there that he has no business seeing. He's gonna be, a star for a long, long time. Just imagine when they get him an offensive line, and what he could do as well. So, I'm going to pick Cincinnati. I think that you know they're they're going to be able to force Stafford, or at least take advantage of the one or two bad throws that he makes because it, this is an opportunistic defense. Mike Hilton, the one that we wrote about, um, he's around the ball a lot. I think Eli Apple's been playing really well. There's a lot of different players in that defense that can step up and make a play when they need it. Von Bell. It's going to be fun. You know, I don't know if the LA Rams really care. Hopefully they care. You know, we got some nice shots of the celebrities at the game, right? That's kind of nice. Um, you know, sip their martinis and take in a American football game. But yeah, it's kind of sad. I wish that. You know, the NFL wasn't running away from small markets that live, eat, sleep, breathe their football teams. I have to say that St. Louis is this beacon of just rabid, rabid NFL fans, but it was real. The only games there when it wasn't St. Louis Rams, just real organic fans there. You don't have that in LA, so, hey, you don't have a dog in the fight, root for the little guy. We'll see what happens. It's gonna be a great game regardless. A lot of talent on both sides. Hey, Cooper Cup might be the best player in football. We hardly talk about it, but probably should have got more attention when it comes to that. What's going on at Go Long? We'll have some columns, we'll have some features, we'll have some podcasts and also somewhat soon in a few weeks, um, I'm gonna have an announcement to share. I've actually been working on a book and Can't necessarily get into the details right this second, but it's been a hell of a lot of fun and traveling around the country for this. And I will absolutely be incorporating Go Long with the book in some form or fashion. And I wanna bring everybody along for the ride. So if you subscribe to Go Long, i greatly appreciate it. And I can't wait to share that information. Um, If you don't subscribe, no problem. You can still sign up to our free email list, golongtd.com. Can upgrade at any time. And hey, we'd love it if you supported us. It's It's uh, been very humbling to just see this community grow in whatever it's been, 14, 15 months already. And uh, as I've said many, many times over, hey, we're in it for the long haul, baby. This is not going anywhere. We want to cover this game through a long form lens. And the off season, the off season is when I think is a it's a great time to get into Go Long because this is our opportunity. To really do what we love, and that's the long-form storytelling that's getting boots on the ground. I plan to travel around and put your investment to good use. Always we put that money back in the company to, to do some good reporting, whether it's features, profiles, inner working of team kind of stories. We'll absolutely be getting into that all off season long. So yeah, Super Bowls next week. I really look at it as the party's just getting started at golongtv.com. One other programming note, quick one. More detail coming out soon. By the time you're listening to this, it may already be out. We needed to do a happy hour for subscribers. It's been too damn long. I know, I apologize to the the loyal happy hour participants, but in a sense with the Isaiah McKenzie show taken off and we really wanted to lean into that this season to try to give our readers and listeners and subscribers a chance to follow a player through the ups and downs of a season. Just kind of cut into that time, but I will be getting those happy hours going this off season in a big, big way. For those who don't know, we bring on a former player, even sometimes a current player, and hang out on Zoom, bring a beer, bring some questions. And it's just all of us chilling for an hour, hour and a half. We'll go as long as everybody wants to go. Big time guests coming up. Need to confirm it, but it'll be Monday, Tuesday or Wednesday. I do not think anybody's gonna wanna miss this. It's only for paid subscribers we'd love to have you thanks so much for listening everyone